In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today we have received the words and the witnesses, of the, and we have witnessed the actions of our Lord who restores the fullness of human capability to three men. Two blind men are shouting at and chasing our Lord into a home where they receive their sight on account of their faith. And we have received a word about a man unable to speak because of a, de- a demon possession. And he is brought into the presence by another, into Christ's presence. And within that same home, the demon is cast out and the man's capability of speech returns to him. The evangelist Matthew's accountings of the miracles of our Lord, indeed through the whole gospel, it seems as if Jesus, our Lord, is rushing about to accomplish his work to restore humanity. From miracle to miracle, he is in and out of Capernaum, in and out of the Sea of Galilee and traveling. In fact, today's reading has the odd impression of Christ rushing past the blind men who are shouting at him for help. But these men are not deterred by what could, they could have received as, perceived as a cold shoulder. What do they do instead? They run into the house after him, and under that roof of the home that Christ had entered, these two men stand before Christ and receive eyes to see, and themselves, simply by the obviousness of their healing, become evangelists, spreaders of the gospel their very body saying that God, who is the Messiah, is here. These men are particularly admirable because of their determination in pursuing the Lord. They knew simply by the rumors and the messages that came to them as they sat on the roadside of the words from the passers-by in Capernaum that it was Jesus who could make them whole. It was only He who they called and shouted at as the Son of David whose merciful actions could restore them to the completeness of their humanity. This question of what is a human being, what is a whole person, is the most important one for us in our time. It is also probably the most controversial thing to believe that there is even an answer to that question. What is man? What is a human being, really? Perhaps today we can approach the outline of an answer, but we won't have time to plumb the depths of that. That would take a whole lifetime. There is an answer in our faith, and it is the same answer to Pilate's question, what is truth? Are you able to hear the voice that speaks it? Bear with me for a moment, though, because I want to talk about lakes to get at an import- this important question. Sometimes it's easier to think of something else and then apply that same principle to the question that we actually want answered. So what is a lake? It is a place where fresh water gathers in some indent in the ground. It is a place of refreshment for us, a place to pause and drink deeply, especially if it is a place that we've worked hard to reach. Perhaps its waters offer a place to take a dip or to catch some fish for breakfast or dinner. It is a place though not of complete stillness, though usually it is peaceful. New water comes in and somehow goes out, watering the world with its abundance. Some lakes are fed from below, 
as water bubbles up from the earth. Others receive regular rain from above and gather it up. And some lakes are only there for a time, are only there in memory because they have no source. From above or from below, they are cut off from what fills them with fresh water. These quickly become dry beds, leaving the impression of where water once was, but offer nothing to a traveler. These dry beds of former lakes are like dry bones and empty rooms. It's not a lake, it's only the geographic memory of one. Only lakes that are fed from a source of new waters will remain lakes. Today we have heard we have two men who are fed from below by an immeasurable faith within them that has placed their trust in Jesus. We have heard of a dumb man fed from above by the faith of others who are bringing him as a demoniac to Christ. All three become fully healed and fully functioning human beings in the presence and by the words of Christ. But also we have heard from people who are like dry lake beds. Those who accuse the Lord to be a conspirator of the prince of demons. The Pharisees have cut themselves off from God and their spirit have been dried up. They of all people mentioned today are the ones who are the most lacking within themselves before and sadly even after they have left Christ. They of all people mentioned today are the ones who are the dry lake beds, the ones who only really have a memory of what it is to be a human being within them. But they leave without the restoration of that grace-filling word of the Lord. They are the most blind, and though they can physically speak, are the most dumb and mute. The point is this. A human being needs God to be truly human, to be fully restored to what they we are created to be. There is no other definition or a foundation for humanity. Only when God is the source of human life is human life full. A man who cuts himself off from the sources of God's grace is not a man, and as St. Nikolai so strongly puts it, a corpse in need of being filled up with the life of God. He even says that we are walking corpses without God. So we need God to be full, whole, complete human beings in the world. The time to meet our Lord and receive healing is when he is passing by, as the gospel opens up. For Jesus was entering in Capernaum and passing by. Some of the people of Capernaum made the most of Christ passing through their town, but some completely rejected and squandered it, too consumed with pride or jealousy to connect to the source of their human life. They shut their eyes to the evident greatness and the evident restoring of human nature that Jesus offered as he rushed about the land. And they refused to know the source of their very selves and so cut themselves off from the Lord as he went about. Jesus Christ restored many, by many, many different means. By word, touch, deed, instantly, sometimes gradually, by faith of another, by personal faith, by contact with the God-man's flesh, by even just the touch of the hem of his garment, of his clothing. But the Pharisees would not praise or glorify God any time they witnessed it. 
and sadly they are blind, dry, and dumb and remain that way. This passing through that opens up this gospel passage is how our Lord offers himself to us. He came from heaven and passed through earthly life and radically changed it. He made Capernaum his home and went about healing, but he did not stay there. He resides on the eternal throne, yet is present with us in this temporary life. He is here in this church today. And in the moment, in a moment, he will pass through here in body and in blood, and here restore some to wholeness, or at least their healing will begin. Christ was and still is passing through, healing human nature by preaching, by teaching, and physically healing. This is the threefold ministry of Christ. And it is Christ's ministry that continues as the mission of the church to people living wherever the church finds itself. Souls and bodies are healed wherever the church has made its home by connecting them to the source of life. Wherever the church is and the people come to it, there human beings are restored to their God-established human nature. That ministry is the ministry of the Orthodox Church. It is not one tied down to one place or to one people, but it rushes about to accomplish this act. We who need the source of life, every single one of us, needs to be made whole and sustained and that we can enter into that home that Christ enters. And this is the church, temple, right here. And we rush in to meet our Lord and we who know have entered under that roof, we cry out for healing. People of faith, make the most of your time with the Lord. The people of Capernaum did so, and uncountable people rushed to him as he made himself available to them. That is what the two blind, blind men did today, chasing Jesus down, asking for his mercy, and then wanting to become healed and whole. These men could have stayed put and accepted that Christ did not stop to say hi to them, to see what it is that they were shouting at. They could have moped and given up. They could have laid in misery and saying that this son of David rejected them as unworthy of healing because they did not get the certain kind of attention. But they did not. They ran into that house that Christ went into because they were undeterred in their pursuit of healing. Christ told them, in a result, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, they saw the Lord, and knew the faith that fed them from within and urged them to place themselves before him was completed. Because this was their faith, they were made whole and began to be perfected in him. Can you imagine the joy that they had when their eyes were opened? I hope you can imagine it. Their example is what we need to apply to ourselves today, so let us do the same. Christ is here, and he goes in and out of this house constantly. He is here saying, is now when you will run to seek me. We have to make the most of the opportunity of now to seek the physician, the teacher, and the preacher, and run to him and even chase him down like the two blind men. How are we to do this? How are we to seek out him as the source of healed humanity? How can we see and know him and unrestrainedly glorify him 
with our fully restored being. As the lake that is filled and pours out its water for the world beyond itself, having been filled to overflowing from its source, this is what we need to be and what we need to become, connected to the source of grace that we may be filled. Christ's ministry as the source of fully active humanity is God, is our God-filled glory and continues in the temporal presence of the church. How does the church do this? That's a very good question. That's the one we need answered. What are we to do? It is chiefly the mission of the church is fulfilled in the remission of sins to those that come to her. By her sacraments, chiefly. But also in the teaching to us of how we follow Christ. This begins at baptism, where sins are, all our sins are removed and we are made whole. We connect to that source for the very first and the very most profound time. That time we are renewed. And then we continually are renewed in confession and then enlivened in Holy Communion. With the continual linking of confession and communion from that point on of our life as Orthodox Christians, from the linking of confession and communion after our baptism, that is how we chase Christ and place ourselves where He is. We run into the house like the two blind men, as ones in need of his healing presence, crying out for mercy. These sacraments are the visitation of the Lord where healing is extended to those who pursue him. Both confession and communion are necessary for us to progress in the healing of our human nature. For all of us, we are restored gradually, but by touch, by word, by deed. St. Nicodemus, in his commentary on the Lord's Prayer, which he writes to encourage us to come to communion frequently and often as possible, he says, Teach, he teaches us that that daily bread that we ask for in the Our Father is more deeply known as a seeking of super-essential spiritual bread. These are his words. That is Holy Communion. It is communion as a powerful medicine which we should prepare ourselves to receive. It is not just something that we take lightly. And it should not be something that stands by itself. St. Nicodemus continues and says and gives this, both this blessing and this warning. He says, We must not eat this spiritual bread, however, without preparation. For our God is called a consuming fire that burns. Holy communion purifies. It illumines and sanctifies those who eat the Master's body and drink his immaculate blood with a pure conscience and having made a true confession. But it scorches and injures severely the souls and bodies of those who commune unworthily, those who do not come to confession, just as in the case of those who, as the sacred gospel says, enter the wedding feast not having a garment worthy of a wedding. That is that they do not have works and fruits of repentance that have prepared them. So my brothers and sisters, we need repentance to come to the source of true human life, offered ultimately at the chalice and brought out for the remission of sins and life everlasting. It is the primary and abundant source of healing and salvation. When we prepare and confess the illnesses of our spirit, our passions, our sinful actions, and even those plaguing thoughts that enter into our minds, 
then we are like the multitudes who are running to Christ as he passed by. We act and believe and have faith as these blind men and the dumb demoniac did. When we examine ourselves and take confession with an honest heart, when we partake of him and then are filled with grace as a lake is filled from below and above from inexhaustible sources, we become part of God and therefore more truly human than anyone not connected with that. This, these actions, these sacraments are how we cry out, have mercy on me to God. And to hear in response, according to your faith, be made well. Through the priest, the power of the God-man Jesus Christ is given. Come frequently, pursuing confession, not just when some big difficulty or some great fall enters your life. When you have a habit of frequent confession and frequent communion, you are firmly established and sustained by God's grace-filling sources. Examine yourself frequently. Ask, have I had a devastating fall of the flesh? Or am I hard-hearted in unforgiveness? If that's you, then all the more run quickly to holy confession. Run and ask the priest to hear it so that you may have absolution and advice and healing from our Lord. If this is not you, you don't have a hard heart and a source of unforgiveness or some great fall. Ask yourself, have I kept the depth and breadth of the commandments? And of course the answer will be no. I know I haven't. This is why I continually need confession. So come frequently and regularly. Examine the many little wounds that build up in our life by being in a fallen world, and lay them before Christ to be healed. Come, at least during the four fasting seasons, as we approach yet another for the Dormition of Our Lady the Theotokos. Come more often than that, as your conscience tells you. Confession is how we are fed with grace and hope, by an honest need for Christ to come into our lives. The Lord gave this to us and asks us through the church to come to confession and to receive absolution regularly so that we may be made whole. This is the way an Orthodox Christian enacts their resolve to change and to follow the Lord. This is the way the spirit of repentance is lived out. This is the main way we make the words of the psalmist our own and as a sacrifice to God that we have a broken and humbled heart that God will not despise. If we frequently confess, then our approach and our partaking of the body and blood of Christ is all the more deepened, and all the more do we recognize Christ in that communion as the source of who I am and what I am called to be. It is known as the font of true and honest humanity with open eyes and a mouth to behold and then give glory to God. Holy Communion at the Eucharistic cup is salvation. When it is tied to baptism, to confession, and the resolve to keep our Lord's commandment and struggle to do so, we are only able to because of that chalice and because of the sacraments given to us. This is repentance, a changed life, filled up and overflowing. This is what it is to chase after Christ and enter the roof that he enters. So which kind of faith do you have? Is it the faith of the blind men or of the dumb man? 
Will you connect yourself to the source, to the God-man, as he passes by? Will you seek the restoration of your humanness in him by baptism, by confession, by striving to keep his commandments, by preserving yourself for contact with him in communion? May each of us, in the moments that are open to us, as the Lord makes himself present, answer yes to each and every one of these and run after the Son of David, the Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, in the holy sacraments that he offers as gifts and sources of life to us. Amen.